You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Awesome. What a great team, hey? They're so cool. Legends. Fantastic. You know, it's funny, like men, and uh, as I was preparing this message, uh, my, my wife, who helps me be better in sort of every single way of my life, um, she reminded me that, that what I'm going to talk about this morning is not, it's not actually just something that men have. Um, and so apparently, not that I know, uh, because praise the Lord, I do not have uh, the mind of a woman and a man in my head. I only have one, uh, which I think is probably a benefit. Uh, but what I've discovered is that men, and I'm going to assume women, have this inner safety switch, right? I put it in the language that, that kind of us men uh, are used to. We have this self-preservation technique, right? It prevents us from death. Um, uh, when we're growing up, it's not fully developed yet. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not quite there, so we take a lot of risks, and we jump off really high things, and we drive really fast, and, and we do really silly things, but, but we learn to listen to this inner safety switch. And before I uh, took on uh, ministry, uh, I was a high school teacher, many of you know that. Uh, I used to teach woodwork, which was fantastic fun, and uh, something that um, I was always fully aware of uh, is, is the safety switch in the workshop, Right? protects people from death, so it's highly beneficial to have there. Uh, and I was thinking this morning I should share a story with you about the one time where uh, I know we definitely had to use the safety switch. Who, who'd like to hear that story this morning? Yeah? Okay, so, so we are, we are, uh, among many machines out the back, we have a disc sander, kind of like it, it's a big disc, about this big for those of you who aren't familiar. Um, and it spins really fast and it saves a whole lot of elbow grease when it comes to sanding because you just you press the piece of wood against the really fast spinning uh, abrasive disc um, and, it, and it sands the piece of wood for you and you can set it up so you can get really straight, beautiful, spot on angles. Um, if you want any more details, probably, probably speak to some of the amazing construction guys in our congregation. They can explain it way better than you. But we had this uh, year seven class who was using the disc sander. They were making these lolly dispensers, right? Um, and uh, just a little, little uh, side note, I was not teaching the class, okay? So... Anyway, the story goes um, that there was a young man in the year seven class who was in a rush and eager to finish. Um, and something that is really dangerous to do with a disc stander is to essentially push really fast or hard. Because the harder you push, the more at risk you are of your fingers slipping. Okay? Um, now, this particular young man obviously didn't have the fully developed inner safety switch and so was very grateful that we had an external safety switch because he, in a rush, was pushing way too hard on his piece of wood, which, which he, he fingers slipped and at the same time uh, the, the, the piece of timber flicked up and, and actually not just did his fingers touch the sanding disc, but the piece of wood jammed his fingers against the sanding disc and he completely sanded off all of his nails, right? And the teacher, the teacher had to hit the safety switch. That was, just, that was just for all the guys this morning. We love those stories. Right, hit the safety switch, extract his fingers from the machine and send him to hospital. 
But the reason we have these switches is, is, is this, this cuts, it cuts the power to the machines in, in the hope that if an arm is going through a bandsaw, we might be able to stop it before the rest of the body is sucked into the bandsaw. Um, <laughs> come on, it's Father's Day, right? Well, let's give a bit of goriness in, in here. You guys love it. We have, though, we have this inner safety switch. We have this inner safety switch that, that operates in a similar way, right? Like it, it, it triggers when we're about to do something that we've learned, oh, this could lead to death. I, I should probably not do this. I should probably not do this. But the inner safety switch works in a space that doesn't just protect us from physical death. It actually works probably more often than not in a space that tries to protect us from emotional death or emotional pain or we could use the word failure. Failure to a man, and again, I'm going to assume at work similarly in the mind of a, a woman. Failure to a man is like an inner death. It's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's, it, it's like this complete sense that we have not succeeded at the one thing we're on planet Earth to do. Failure has this way of eating away at the inside of a man, destroying confidence, uh, destroying a sense of purpose, um, and helping uh, or causing us to, to operate in a place where we don't feel good enough and, and we feel worthless. And so this inner safety switch, if we're not careful, although it can be incredibly beneficial, it can also, in some ways, act in a way that's not helpful to us. For instance, let me give you another story. This one, not so gory, but this, this more of an expression of how the inner safety switch protects us from um, emotional pain, if you will. So uh, back, back in the day, um, I, was, I was an elite athlete. <laughs> My wife just laughed the loudest. What is that? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a day that I was dreaming and no... Um, no, back in the day, I was uh, above average at rock climbing. Um, not so much because I was tall, uh, but because I was quite short, I was also very light. Um, and so the, the key to rock climbing is a power to weight ratio. And so um, I didn't necessarily need to be the strongest person because I was the lightest person. Um, back in about year 12, I was about 50 kilos when I finished high school. Um, obviously, I found McDonald's since then, and it, things haven't gone well, but but what, I, was quite, I was actually starting to get quite good going in competitions, and I got to the point, first year of university, I won uni games, um, I, I do own a gold medal, and so I was an elite athlete. Um, thank you very much. That is great, except that we all are aware of the never-ending cycle of time. And so now, every time I go rock climbing, I am always confronted with the fact that I am nowhere near as good as I used to be. And in many ways, it sucks the joy because I carry an expectation that I'm constantly failing against. And I mean, it's not that I don't enjoy rock climbing anymore, but it's, there's a reality. And, and for the, any of you who have played in any sport, you would know as you get older, I remember the time in soccer. I've retired now and I'm not going back because I got to the point where young, fast uh, forwards were running past me as the defender and I couldn't keep up. And I began to realize that I had this expectation up here, but I couldn't reach it. 
and the inner safety switch protecting me from a sense of failure in those circumstances acts in a way that now I don't engage with those situations. And so the young man in our story today is a classic example of what happens when our safety switch is triggered. Okay, so as men, when our safety switch gets triggered, and let's talk about the emotional context here. Let's not talk about the, the physical, although I could tell you stories where I've run away from jumping off, off really high cliffs because uh, the safety switch I used not to have and so would throw myself off them suddenly developed overnight and, and I, got, I couldn't throw myself off the cliff and, and so I, I walked away from the situation. But this young man in our story today is, is asking Jesus, what is the level what is the level? Where do I need to put the line so I know I've achieved? And I know for men, this is a big deal for us. We like to know where the line is so we can very clearly work out if we're over it or under it. All right? We, we like a line. We like clarity. We like distinction. So it's like, okay, if your love language is acts of service and acts of service is doing the dishes, I'm going to do the dishes every night because I know that's over the line. And what's not explained in that to us men often is that the, 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 the consistency of the one act means it stops carrying as much value um, over time. So um, anyway, this young man, he's asking, what is the level that I need to perform at to be acceptable to God? What's the level, okay, to get eternal life? And, and, and as we read through here, Jesus begins by unpacking a particular thing that he would be very aware of, the law, right? The law that is in the Old Testament. And he goes, okay, look, to be good enough, to, 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 to get yourself over the line, you need to have done A, B, and C. And the guy goes, sweet. I've done that since I was a kid. I'm awesome. I'm good. And then Jesus raises the bar. And Jesus presents him with this answer. Verse 21 if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect. So, so we start with this idea of good, and some of these things relate to good, but good isn't the full measure in the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus takes him on a journey to the point where he is able to say, listen, the real measure, if you really want to talk about things, the real measure, the real mark, the real point you need to be able to achieve is, oh, it's, it's perfection. It's perfection. And immediately, his inner safety switch is triggered because he doesn't want to live under the expectation of perfection, knowing full well, perfect is unattainable. And so instead of going on the journey where he might be confronted with his inability to achieve perfection, he does what us men do when we're confronted with an expectation we don't believe we can live up to. Instead of engaging in the journey, he runs away from the journey. And we live in a society today where because we have created an unattainable expectation, an unattainable picture in some circumstances and often inside our own minds of fatherhood, Instead of engaging in a journey where so often our safety switch is triggered because we can't reach what we think we need to reach as a dad, we don't engage, we run. And we live in a society where that is prevalent. And Jesus speaks right into that space in our story today. 
the young man. He's like, you mean I've tried my whole life? I'm not even close. <laughs> I'm not even close. I've strived and I've worked and I've sacrificed. I've, I've beaten myself into submission to obey the guidelines that I thought were the marker. And I'm actually nowhere even near the mark. You see, perfection is too high an ask. And so often, I think in life, what we do is we paint a picture of fatherhood with the same brush as Marvel used to paint superheroes. And maybe society doesn't do it all. In fact, I'd, I'd go a step and say, uh, the majority of this lives in our minds. We, we take influences from what we see growing up. We take influences from what we're, we're bombarded with in today's day and age in marketing and advertising where, where whether it's a physique that we're supposed to attain towards or whether it's a, a level of, of affection and adoration that we're supposed to express or whether it's, whether it's this, this level of, of character. The problem with creating a superhero perspective of fatherhood inside of our minds is that what also lives inside of our minds is an understanding of ourselves. And so in our minds is this constant measure of our own knowledge of our frailties and our weaknesses and our inabilities and our, 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 our incapacity to do lining up with this expectation of perfection. I'm wondering... If I could get a couple of volunteers. I need four volunteers this morning. I have four volunteers. You don't, you don't need to put your hand up. You just, just come down the front. Otherwise, I'll pick. It's just how it works. Oh, awesome. All right. Tim Roberts. Uh, <laughs> um, Al Thorpe. Come on, getting nominated. Gary Padgett uh, would be fantastic. Who's getting voted in? Oh, Ian, fantastic. All right. So what we're going to do, if you guys could line up just, just behind me here, that would be fantastic. That would be awesome. We're going we're gonna to give you one of our superhero characteristics, all right? Here we go. So, so Tim, you can be, I'll be everywhere, man, all right? You can be everywhere, man, all right? Because sometimes in our heads we carry this understanding, this expectation as dads that, well, I've got to be everywhere all at once. Right, I've got to be everywhere all at once. I've got, to be, uh, I've got to be really good at work. At the same time, I've got to be really good at home. I've got to be a great dad while I'm trying to be great at work. And so we try to be great everywhere when the reality is that that's actually never achievable. And so we have this expectation that we're constantly failing against and our safety switch is, is immediately getting triggered. And so we pull back in one of those areas. So we have everywhere, man. Now, as we know, most superheroes, most superheroes come from, well, Superman itself. They've got an element of ex ex extraterrestrialism about them, right? Yeah, how's that word? Come on. Yeah, I've, I've been in a master's intensive for the last two days, so my vocabulary has escalated, thanks to Andrew Yude. Um, all right, so we've got extraterrestrial, right? We're supposed to carry this, this out-of-our-own-world ability. We're supposed to have these abilities that are out of our own world. And we hold that in our minds. And then, and then we have, let's, let's have this. We have, you can be in, invincible, right? Invincible, impervious. Impervious to pain, impervious to disappointment, impervious to, to um, I can't think of any other words. So we'll go with those and we'll keep moving. All right, fantastic. Last but not least, I think, I think I've lined this up pretty well, actually. I was going to get Bruce K up here to hold this one, but... I thought it might have been too real. Come on. 
Just hang on. You want to step forward, you can, your wife can get a photo. Just There we are. We'll help you out. Amen. And so, and so we have these crazy superhero characteristics living as expectations in our minds. We have these markers where it's like, I have to achieve this, and yet we know we can't. Right? We, the thing is that actually God paints a really different picture of fatherhood for us. God paints a very different picture in Scripture of what it is to be a good dad. And the reality is that we have very few recorded interactions between Jesus the Son and God the Father in Scripture. There's a lot of um, times where, where Jesus suggests that he has spent time with the Father, or it is, it is indicated that he has spent time with the Father, but we have very few uh, kind of these, these insight moments where we actually get to see the interaction between Jesus the Son and God the Father. And one of those, one of those happens at Jesus' baptism. And you see, it's in this moment that what we see are the attributes of God as Father that He wants to paint as desirable, measurable expectations to have on us as dads. And to give you a little hint, it's not having laser eyes or being able to fly, which I think is great because who wouldn't want to fly? And so we, we arrive at Matthew chapter 3, where Jesus is baptized. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son, who brings me great joy. And in this moment, what we see is a very different expectation of fatherhood. What we see in this passage is not necessarily, well, let's not, let's not concentrate too much extraterrestrial because God is outside of this world. But we, what we see is not necessarily invincibility, perfection, and, and everywhere. No, we see a distinct location, in fact. We see that in a moment, God came and entered into that moment with Jesus in a location at the Jordan. And so I want to, if I can, take a few of these unhealthy expectations that we hold as, as dads that somehow I have to live up to this superhero status. I have to be able to do everything. I have to be able to be everywhere. I can't have weakness. I can't feel pain. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to highlight too much, but I, I love that we saw emotion this morning from a man. Because we live in a, a generation that says men shouldn't feel, and if they do, they, they definitely shouldn't express it. That doesn't line up with Scripture. Paul talks about the characteristics of godliness in Colossians. And so we have these expectations that as men we build up in our minds, and is it any wonder that we have so many men out there living under this sense of failure? As a man and as a dad, I want to I re-level our expectation this morning. I want to I take a few of these characteristics and I want to flip them to a place where we don't need to be perfect, right? So, so instead of everywhere, 
Let's be men that are present. Instead of trying to be everywhere, just be somewhere. Just be present. Just be where your son is. Be where your daughter is. God was where Jesus was. God came to his baptism to be present in that place. Instead of extraterrestrial, let's, let's be men who are engaged. Let's be men who are engaged. We see in God a deliberate engagement with what is happening in Jesus' life. He's engaged in the life of his son. He knows exactly what's going on, and he's there, and he speaks into it. And so let's not try to be invincible. Let's be men who are intentional. Let's be men who are intentional. That when we have those moments, like we see with God, the Father interacting with God, the Son, He is intentional. He, he takes that moment and makes it significant. He says, in this moment, I'm going to declare over you who you are. You are loved. You are my boy. I'm going to be intentional in this space. And instead of perfect, let's be authentic. Let's be authentic. Let's not put on the, the pretense of perfection when the reality is we're not, we can't be, but what we are is actually probably what is needed. You know, the song that we heard this morning is an exact modern day model of what we're talking about. I don't see myself in all those superhero gifts. You know, the lyrics tell us there's Achilles and there's Hercules, there's Spider-Man. There's, I don't see myself on that list. I'm not up there with those, those superpowers, which is actually perfect because your family and your kids aren't looking for that in you either. Your wife isn't expecting a superhero. She married you knowing that you weren't perfect. Sorry, sorry. I could be totally wrong. Maybe I'm slightly trying to adjust the expectations of people. Your wife isn't expecting a superhero. She married you. She married you knowing you, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, but loving those about you. And the song says, I'm looking for something just like this, something just like you. Your family needs you, who you are, not superhero you, not the you who is is squashed by an unhealthy expectation. And so, and so instead of being you, present, engaged, intentional, with your strengths and your weaknesses, with your failings and, and your successes, instead of being that, we disengage because the, the failure triggers. Let's be a community that repaints the marker of fatherhood to something that is achievable, desirable, and real. Let's be a community that celebrates those types of dads that champions those dads, that believes in those dads, that builds those dads and supports those dads. I believe that families will thrive with those dads, that cities will flourish with those dads. I believe communities are built on those dads. But the truth is that the story we read this morning about the, the rich young man, it wasn't, it wasn't a story about fatherhood. It wasn't a story about manhood. It was, a, it was a story about relationship with God. It was a story in which Jesus was articulating the marker required 
for eternal life. The marker required for acceptability to God. He's talking about life after death, heaven, hell. The reality of where we'll spend eternity and how we will spend our present. And he was asking Jesus, you know, what do I need to make sure I get to heaven? And he thought that the measure was something that he could achieve. He thought the measure was abiding by a list. And he thought that he could reach the mark in his own strength. He thought he could do it in his ability. And he definitely thought that he could do it in his finances and his wealth. In no way is the story this morning saying you can't be wealthy. Rich people can't get saved. It's telling us that what he thought he could depend on wasn't going to be enough. You see, Jesus, knowing that it would trigger his inner safety switch, painted the true picture. Perfection. And the man walked away because it seemed too hard. And the disciples, they were shocked as well because they were like, whoa, <laughs> I know me. I'm, I'm not perfect. And they're left questioning, uh, Jesus, uh, how can like, anyone get in then? Because like, we're here, we've like, given up a whole lot of stuff because like, we thought that if by doing that we'd get in. We thought it was by sacrifice. Like, we thought it was by what we did and what we gave up. We thought that would get us in. And uh, now you're saying it's perfection and I'm not perfect. So uh, where does that leave me? And so they questioned Jesus and this, this is his response. Matthew 19, 26 says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, I think I'd use a better word there, but who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, I had a time in my life where I walked away from God. And I remember distinctly walking into uni church at the university with the distinct intention to argue why I felt that a God who painted a level of perfection that He knew I could never attain to was completely unfair and what I didn't want anything to do with. You see, I didn't want to fight a fight. I knew I would always lose. I didn't want to live a life under an expectation that I knew that I would never be able to achieve. And unfortunately, what happened was I had a really misplaced perspective of Jesus, of what He had done for me, and what He had made possible for me. And it wasn't until I came back to church that I actually realized that what Jesus is saying in this passage is that it is impossible, which is why I'm here. You see, I wonder what would have happened if the young man had gone, well, if, if it's perfection, how, how does anyone get in? What if the young man asked that question? What if the young man said, well, Jesus, how, do, how then? If perfection is the mark, how then? And Jesus would have gone, it's me. It's me. I'm the how. I'm the how. With, it is impossible with man. That's why I've come. It is impossible with man. That's why I'm here. And you've got to understand, so much of the teaching of Jesus is is bringing people to the end of their sense of self-sufficiency. It's bringing them to the point where they realize, I can't do salvation. I can't reach the mark of God on my own. And when we get to that place, Jesus says, I'm so glad you got there because I'm here. 
What you need is me. What you need is Jesus. What you need is to believe that when I came, walked, died, was buried and rose again, I made it possible. I made it possible. You see, the man alone, it's impossible to reach perfection. But God instituted a plan. His name was Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've wondered about God. You've wondered about having a relationship with Him. You've heard us talk about Jesus. But you also know that there's, you know yourself. You know there's things in your life that you've heard probably don't line up with things the Bible say you need to be. Can I tell you, that's the same for all of us. We all have things. The Bible calls it sin. We miss perfection. We miss it. But the Bible also says that if we choose to believe in Jesus and receive what He did when He died on the cross, was buried and rose again, it says that He is our door, that He is the way to the Father. So I'd love to pray for everyone in this place right now. If you can bow your heads, that'd be awesome. Father, I want to pray for every person, every man, every woman, every young person. I want to pray right now, whether they're close to you or far from you, I want to pray that you would bring right now an understanding that you have made it so possible. You have made it so possible. I want to pray that even now you'd begin moving in the hearts and minds of men, readjusting their expectations, readjusting that that marker from, from superhero to who they are. That they are what their family needs. So Father, right now I pray you'd strengthen men, you'd encourage men, you'd place joy and peace in the hearts of men this morning. Father, help us to be a community that raises mighty men dependent on you love with you, committed to you, seeking you. I pray blessing over every family in this place, over every person in this place. Lord, let your spirit move in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you are here this morning and you'd like to have a conversation with someone about what it means to know God, I would love to be that someone. I'd love to talk to you. But we're going to close our service now. I want to thank every person for coming out this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you, uh, dads, for being here this morning. Love that. Uh, I believe we've got a gift for you um, as you leave this morning. Uh, So have a great day. Enjoy your Father's Day. Uh, Can I just say from me and all the pastoral team, and I know from Pastor Keith and Janet, happy Father's Day to all our dads real, spiritual, every aspect. We love you. We believe in you. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.